This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the latest Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Matt Addison and on this episode of the show, I'm joined by Liverpool reporter David Lynch to get the latest on Liverpool's transfer stance when it comes to their forward line and to have a wider chat about their summer plans in general. David, thanks for joining me. Hope you're well, mate. We know that Liverpool have to sell a few players this summer, but I think we should start by saying that that's not just to generate funds. It's also to do with their squad size and one or two other factors as well. And I think that's an important point to make, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, definitely not a case of, of anyone being skinned. So I, I don't think, you know, I think Liverpool have been impacted by the pandemic, definitely. But I think there's an element of, of needed to move players on just solely because, you know, like you say, the, the squad size is a little large and, you know, they, they maybe want to just enhance on a couple of options that they do have, say, in that, in that forward line. So it's, you know, a case of, I, I do expect, you know, equally in terms of the money, I do expect there's a, a real chance that Liverpool could, you know, get quite close to a breaking even. Um, you know, I don't. I, that's not necessarily something they have to do, but I think it's something they could do, and, and you know, it's sensible business to to be doing that, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a possibility. But like you say, I think it's really the priority is just sort of shrinking that squad size and, and trying to keep the numbers reasonable because Jurgen Klopp never wants a, a massively bloated squad. He doesn't want to leave anyone playing in the reserves who's a senior player either he doesn't like to treat players like that so I think that's that's really the priority at the moment yeah I think that's nowhere more obvious really than in that forward line you look at, at the options you've obviously got Mane, Salah, Firmino and Jota but then you've got Elliot, Minamino, Origi, Wilson, Shakiri. the names is, is it just goes on and on and on doesn't it I mean at least one or two of those you'd imagine would move on and, and that then would free up a little bit of space for Liverpool well, that's it because you, you you know you've got that conundrum now of dealing with all those options because you think about it, three of those were, were on loan last season. Weren't you? you had Minamino was at Southampton, Wilson was out, and, and, and Elliot spent the season away from Liverpool as well. So they come back in and, and swell the numbers again, and, and it's a case of Liverpool either deciding, okay, you know, maybe in the case of Minamino and, and, and Elliot, they've got futures here, and, and you know they they can make an impact next season. And you know, we're looking at Wilson probably is one who, who they'll probably look to move on. I think he needs that move, doesn't he? To to play regular football at his age now, so yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of options. I think I think what Liverpool want there is is possibly to have fewer options, but maybe just enhance the quality there and and just bring it up a little bit. You know, looking for someone in the sort of mould of, of Diogo Jota, who is really sort of the perfect signing for Liverpool. Really, in terms of his age when he when he joined the club, twenty three, twenty four, um, experienced enough, but you know, still quite a little bit of development to go and. And sort of someone who's willing to to maybe wait for opportunities as well, not always a, a guaranteed starter. So I think that's that's what they're trying to get in, and and you know to do that, they're obviously going to have to make some movements in terms of outgoings. You reported earlier this week on Daniel Marlon and, and potential interest from Liverpool. There, I mean, he's one of those that has been linked. It does make it a little bit of sense in in that regard. But what's the the sort of background behind that? We know there's a lot of of things that have to fall into place for these transfers to take place, and never more obvious really than than with him. Yeah, so he's he's a player that Liverpool obviously like, which is I suppose it's, it's no surprise given his, his sort of his age and, and what he's achieved so far. He's you know, scored a lot of goals and, and been sort of PSV's main man in recent years. And, you know, like I say, his, his age bracket just makes him perfect. He, he sort of really does fit the bill of that, uh, maybe a Jota style signing really. But I think the stumbling block is possibly going to be the fact that, and, and why I don't think Liverpool will be following up their interest is, is, you know, the alternative option he's got, which is Dortmund, of course, and, and, and they're willing to, 
you know, come in and, and offer him a lot more football initially. So he would, you, we know now with Sancho leaving to Manchester United that there's a there's an opportunity there, a place in the team available to him to continue his development. And I think, although on the face of it, joining Dortmund is a, is a less glamorous, you know, they're not as big a club as Liverpool have not been as successful recently. Um, so it's a, a lesser move in that sense. It is an opportunity for him to, you know, keep his development going, not have to wait on the bench, not, you know, stall his development, you know, not running that risk of doing that and, and play regularly. And I also think Dortmund would be willing to, to, to pay him more for what he is as well. So, you know, he goes into Dortmund and it, it, the, the talk is that he's looking for around 100000 a week uh, salary-wise, which is, you know, Liverpool can afford that. But it, is that wise to give that to someone who you are waiting, you know, behind Salah and behind Mane for those opportunities? I, I don't think so. I think it's, it's you know, according to what I, my understanding is, it's quite a bit more than what Diogo Jost is on as well. So that, that creates its own problems in terms of the structure of your wage bill throughout the squad. So... I think that Dortmund move, which is apparently quite close now as well, it, it just makes a lot more sense for the player. And I think it also for Liverpool is makes him slightly imperfect target, which is why I think they'll be they'll be going for possibly someone else. I think the wages thing is is really interesting. Liverpool have a, a big wage bill, one of the biggest in the Premier League, possibly even the biggest, I think. So it's not a case of not wanting to spend in that regard, but it's it's very easy to sort of spiral out of control, isn't it? They have to, to be really careful with this because there's other contracts that they want if he comes in at that much. As you say, Jota then could come in and say, well, I need this much. You've got Van Dijk, Salah, Fabinho, all of these other players. It's kind of fitting into to a structure that they already have to make sure that it's not just that one cost that would be high, it's it's the future as well. Yeah, exactly. You've got to be really careful about how that's structured. And I think it's it's all about really having sort of benchmarks throughout the squad. So if Jota is earning this, a player who's coming in for a very, very similar role in the squad should be earning similar money. And that that's how you sort of avoid tying yourself up a little bit and you know also it, it makes it easier for you know to use Jota again as an example to incentivize his development so his next contract that comes up he, you know he's going to hopefully in the next couple of years he's taken a really senior role in the squad and, and maybe take on Salah and Mane you know for a starting regular spot you know you, you really want him to succeed then one of those um, in terms of coming into the team and you know you've got to incentivize that financially so I think you know as he slowly creeps up that that sort of pecking order the, the the money will be there then to to say okay well we'll recognise your development with a with a better contract and I think you know another element actually it's worth mentioning about you know balancing these contracts and, and the wage bill as well is that it's quite interesting that there's not been a lot of talk about Mo Salah's contract yet which sort of leads me to believe and and, and feel that maybe if if he is going to sign another one this this summer which which I think we'd hope he would um, that maybe he will be the last one to be done purely because he's likely to be the highest earner. So I think, you know, it's sort of moving that benchmark again, but it makes it more difficult, the other negotiations, if you've already done that first. So, you know, perhaps if, if Mo Salah is to sign a contract this summer, then maybe he will be the last one because of what that means for the rest of the squad and their contract negotiations. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. And it's not just wages as well. You mentioned there the, the playing time and, and the status within the squad that Liverpool have to consider. I mean, you think of Diogo Jota, for example, he was the perfect player because you know he's got that ceiling to reach those levels, but wouldn't necessarily demand every single minute of every single game straight away. But 
it's a really hard balance to strike, isn't it? Getting a player who's that good but prepared to be patient. There's not that many options that you'd say really do fit that at the right wage, at the right price. That's why it's so difficult to, to get one of these deals done. Yeah, because mostly because there's, there's also offers out there like clubs like Dortmund who are sort of that perfect real stepping stone, aren't they? I mean, they've proven themselves to be to be sort of ideal in terms of you join at that age, develop a little bit, and then further down the line, a, a super club will, will come in for you and, and, you know, you'll have had the playing time and, 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 you know, playing in a Dortmund team that's got other similar level of talent in it. Um, you know, so that's a guarantee of sort of certain level of success, and they also just help you develop by by you know putting you on the pitch regularly enough. So, you know, if you do have that move is on offer, then it's it's probably difficult to turn that down just to to come and be patient at Liverpool and and maybe have to wait for your opportunities and and also you know the the Liverpool you'd be joining now if you were Malin, for example, it, it's it, it's even possibly less appealing for a forward because not only do you have that front three which were there when Jota joined, but Jota is there as well. And he's also, you know, fantastic player, really. You know, he, he forced Jurgen Klopp's hand a lot last season in terms of playing a four up there at times. So um, I think that, yeah, it, 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 you can see why Dortmund might might appeal to him slightly more. And that that finding that that sign in that winger sign that Liverpool are looking for this, this summer is probably, you know, it's going to be difficult to, to pick out the profile of the player, I think, yeah. I suppose in, in terms of someone like Marlon, if he did go to Borussia Dortmund, that probably would be the end of, of Liverpool's interest in him if he succeeded and, and becomes the player that they think he can be. You'd then see the huge price tag. So it, it, it's almost like a now or never thing. We've seen, obviously, Jadon Sancho was one that Liverpool had looked at in the past. He's now gone to, to Manchester United for, what was it, £72 million, something like that. I mean, if he does go to Dortmund, it, it would then put that premium on him so it, it, it's kind of a case of maybe it's one that we can almost cross off the list for Liverpool if, if he does go there this summer yeah 100% I think it's sort of it's interesting that Dortmund and, and Leicester are maybe another example of this are clubs who sort of they look at very similar profile of young players to Liverpool but I think and you know sometimes they, they are also in a position because there's less pressure on them to, to have immediate success can maybe take a gamble on some of those players as well, like, you know, as, as Dortmund may be doing with, with Malin. And I think once they go to those clubs, though, I think it becomes very, very difficult, like you say, to, to see Liverpool ever getting them because some of the transfer fees they generate in terms of selling players is, is crazy. And I think he's sort of outside of Liverpool's, you know, the, the, the sort of targets they can reach to really. And, and more than Liverpool would want to spend as well. You know, Liverpool sort of like to find the players on the cusp, don't they? That's why they are battling with Leicester and Dortmund. They're trying to find those gems before they become the big names. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think if, if Malin does go to Borussia Dortmund, I think it's hard to see down the line Liverpool coming in with a you know a £75 million bid a few years down the line. It's, it's just not how they operate. And as well as, as Daniel Marlon, there's been links with other players as well. Jeremy Doku, Dusan Vlahovic, Fiorentina, players like that. And I mean, even last summer on Liverpool's shortlist at the same time as Diogo Jota was Jonathan David, Ismail Assar, players like that. You'd assume that Liverpool would have kept an eye on, on their progress as well since then. We've seen sort of Usman Dembele and, and Kingsley Coman linked this summer as well, but you definitely think it would be one of those sorts of lesser known players ready to, to step up rather than somebody established, I suppose, for, for all of, of the reasons we've spoken through there. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the, the wages that Dembele and, and uh, Coman would be demanding are just sort of completely out, out of reach for Liverpool. 
Plus, you know, obviously both players have, have got pretty terrible injury records as well. So I think that would be something that Liverpool would be very aware of. And, and like you say, some of those younger players you list, you know, Doku's an interesting one because he's obviously been linked in the past to Liverpool, hasn't he? They'd inquired about him. And I still think, you know, he is an option that, that could be worth keeping an eye on just because he's still at the club where Liverpool could get him for a reasonable price at the moment. He hasn't made that sort of jump to it to a Dortmund or a Leicester or someone of that profile. So that the opportunity for them to to maybe do a deal like that is is there. I think what, one thing about him that's interesting actually is is that he you know I thought he had a good tournament for Belgium, didn't he? I thought he was very impressive, but he's only you look at his last season, he only scored twice in the league, which you know I, I think Liverpool would maybe have been disappointed by that if they're still sort of keeping an eye on his development. I think you know they they like their wingers don't need to be inside forwards, they're basically centre forwards. He scored goals at that rate, and I think. Although obviously Klopp would like to develop that element of the player and, and likes working with players, you'd probably like to see more signs that he was a more capable goal getter. I know he's I know he's still young and I mean possibly very, very harsh on him yet there, but I just think yeah, that's it. But, but it's an interesting one because because like you say, he's he's at a club where he possibly could still go in for him and, and maybe they do think that he could the, the fact he hasn't made that developmental jump and he, he still needs to get some more goals in his game, maybe that makes him a cheaper option. It also makes him sort of, you know, more willing to, to sit back and, and develop and work on his game as he waits for opportunities. So it's, yeah, it, it's an interesting one to, to see who they'll end up going for in that forward position. Yeah, still only 19 as well. I think Jeremy Doku, it's kind of just that level below Liverpool would, would spend a lot of money. Obviously, Diogo Jota had had two or three years of, of development. We've seen them go for, for teenagers, but maybe at a, a, a much much lesser fee, I suppose, would, would be the, the sort of time to, to move for those. So possibly, as you say, one of those maybe to, to keep an eye on for the future. But uh, just to finish then, in terms of sort of priorities for Liverpool, there's kind of a, a little bit of discussion about whether they need a, a midfielder or a forward or both. I think probably both is, is the answer for, for most people. But do you think if if they had to pick one, is there one more important than another or is it just a case of, of seeing how those doors kind of slide, if you like, across the, the summer, see who they can move on, who's still here and, and kind of assessing it in that way? Yeah, I think I think Liverpool are obviously at the moment. You know, you speak to people at the club, and a lot of the suggestion is that you know there's no real urgency to do business in either area at the moment. They're quite relaxed about what's going on. Obviously, I don't really believe that. To be honest, I think there's there is definitely an interest in a forward and a midfielder. And in terms of prioritising, I, I personally my my take on it would be that I think midfield is 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 urgent just because you know the forward line you could maybe. You know, you've got the option there, haven't you, to maybe keep Minamino around. You know, Oxley Chamberlain can join in that front three. You've got, you've already got the, the four players that we've we've listed who are really top class options in that position. And if you maybe get a little bit of good fortune with injuries, you might be okay there. I think midfield is is not the same in in terms of you know losing Wijnaldum is such a big blow, not just in terms of his quality, but his his availability. He played so many minutes last season and. And to lose that and not replace him, it, it, it just seems like a huge risk. I just think they need another body in there because, you know, Naby Keita's had his injuries. Oxlade-Chamberlain has as well. You know, Henderson does pick them up from time to time. So um, that, for me, would be the priority, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I think I uh, agree with you on that one. Certainly, of course, we'll have all of the latest updates across the Liverpool Echo and Blood Red across the summer. So make sure to subscribe and you won't miss anything. You can sign up for our free Blood Red Club as well for extra exclusive Liverpool content across the summer that you can't get anywhere else 
www.bloodredpodcast.co.uk and enter your email address. It's that simple. This week's episode features David, and we're going to be recording that very shortly on Harvey Elliott, so don't miss that one. Make sure you're signed up before 6am on Wednesday. That's all for this episode of The Agenda, though, from Blood Red, from myself, Matt Addison, and from David Lynch. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and goodbye for now. You've been listening to The Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.